Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad. Jack Hughes with a great goal off the rush to tie it up for the New Jersey Devils tonight. The Devils and Blue Jackets are going to overtime. 3-3 is the score. The Rangers have beaten the Capitals 5-1 late in the third. Panthers up 3-2 on the Lightning. Senators up 3-2 on the Maple Leafs. Toronto did have a 2-0 lead in that game at one point. Start of the third period. Boston is uh, leading Buffalo 4-0. Penguins up 6-0 on the Islanders. Meanwhile, in the second period, Minnesota leads Detroit 2-1. Hurricanes lead the Predators 4-2. St. Louis leading Dallas 2-0. First period, no score. Avalanche and Coyotes and Jets and Chicago. Kraken and Flames just getting underway. Later on tonight, Sharks at Kings, Golden Knights at Ducks. The scoreboard presented by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Oilers at Sharks tomorrow night. So Oilers now is going to be at 5. The face-off show will be at 7. It is a late game, 8.30 for that one between the Oilers and the Sharks as uh, Edmonton will try to get back over 500. They uh, now come in with a record of 15-15-1. San Jose going into this game against the Kings, 9-22-3. Remember, one of their nine victories was uh, over Edmonton back in November. Oil Kings at Prince George tonight. The Oil Kings made two trades today. Um, the more significant trade is they sent Nathan Pilling five draft picks and two conditional draft picks to Seattle to get forward Grayson Souchin, his brother, two years younger, Lucas Souchin, who's currently in the USHL, and uh, 15-year-old defenseman Trayson Ashley. So one guy who's going to be on the team now and two guys who they're hoping are on the team in uh, the near future. Probably more a trade for next season uh, for the Oil Kings and uh, Grayson Souchin, a second-round draft pick of Florida in, well, this year, earlier this year, 63rd overall in the 2023 draft. So uh, that's what's going on there with the uh, Oil Kings. 780-496-0063. Derek, what do we have? All right, we've got a text here. This one's from Luke. Hey, Reed, Happy New Year. The Oilers have to win 70% of their games now to make the postseason, which I think you're going to comment on. Uh, I think they can, can, but please solve the goaltender issue somehow. And, hey, Eberg is great. I grew up there, LOL. That's from Luke. Oh, Luke is from Evansburg. Yeah. Oh, cool. Probably younger than me, as most people are nowadays. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I don't think they'll have to win 70% of their games. I, I think if they get, uh, again, if they get two-thirds of their points, that gets them to 99. So, you know, even if they get 63% of their points around there, you know, you're well into the 90s. I, I think it's probably going to be a bit of a lower cut line in the West. I, I mean, maybe even somebody in the high 80s might be a wildcard team this year. We'll see. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if they have to win 70% of the games. If they do, great. Uh, mm-hmm. If they do, that would be very good. Uh, but again, 
coming into tonight, 31 points in 31 games. If they get two-thirds of their points in their remaining games, that 68 points gets them to 99 for the season. I, I, it's difficult for me to discuss the Oilers having home ice advantage in the first round because I think that's already out of the question. Quite frankly, I think even finishing in the top three in the division is almost out of the question unless they do something like get three-quarters of their points because I don't think even if they got to 99, that gets them into the top three because uh, L.A., is already at 42. I mean, Vancouver has 49 points already, so they're well on their way to 100, as are Vegas. They've played uh, 35 games and have 49 and 47, respectively. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, the goaltending issue, and we're going to talk about that with Kelly Rudy coming up, not in terms of who the Oilers might get, but just needing two goaltenders to handle the load. They still have a, a relatively light schedule, and I, I know coming up here they have three games in four days, uh, two very winnable games. Let's let's face it against San Jose and Anaheim. They've done, despite the loss earlier to San Jose this season, they've done very well against both those teams the last two or three years. The LA game Saturday night is going to be a big one, and then you get into January, and again in January, no back to backs, and they play. Tuesday the 2nd, Saturday the 6th, and then the following three weeks they play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So a very regular schedule, um, a three-game road trip from the 9th to the 13th, and then they don't play a game outside of the province of Alberta for their last six games in January, five home games and a game in Calgary. So they can still kind of see what's out there. You may have heard Elliot Friedman on orders now with Bob Stoffer with Brendan Escott filling in today. The teams that have goaltenders that they might be willing to trade, they, I think he used the word extortion. Actually, is that clip there in the folder? I can have a look uh, for it. Let Friedman me have... on the goaltending market. That, that's a good one for more Oilers now. The Oilers do have time to do something. It's it's going to be interesting because teams need a goalie, and then as soon as one goalie goes, then the prices go up for the remaining goaltenders. But I, I do think they need a more proven NHL goaltender. Nothing against Pickard. He has come up with a couple of nice wins over the Devils, but I I think you'd like somebody who you could play almost half the time, Uh as opposed to Pickard really not even playing a third of the time. Do you have that clip? Uh, Yeah, I've got it right here. Yeah, just fire that, what he said earlier today. Here we go. There's a lot of teams out there looking for goalies. The teams that have goalies are squeezing tight, and you know, I just think that what Pickard has at least done is is buy you time, and that is something that that, that can definitely be used by you guys to try Five. to not pay the extortion price that's out there right now for some of these guys. Yeah, so the, the, that's what he called the extortion price for some of these goaltenders. <laughs> the Oilers don't want to pay it. Nobody wants to pay it. But but I I, I agree. I mean. And, and the things we're talking about with the Oilers now, this isn't seven or eight years ago, the first few years I was doing this job, where we're talking about all the things the Oilers need just to be a respectable team, just to maybe make the playoffs. Did they need another goaltender? Yes. Uh, could they use an upgrade somewhere at forward? Yes. And could they probably use another... Um, I, I guess I, I'm not going to say an Ekholm, like a, a, an Ekholm light. I mean, obviously you can't bring in someone that pays $6 million. I mean, maybe someone who's um, between, sort of between DeHarnay and Ekholm, perhaps, on the ability scale. So that's someone who's affordable and might provide you with a bit of security on the back end. 
And the, the, the forward conversation to me has become more interesting and a little more fluid and perhaps in some ways more, well, not perhaps, and, and a little more concerning because you have Connor Brown, who is supposed to be a lock for the top six, now playing on the fourth line. And as you know, no goals, one point, all that kind of stuff. And being outplayed by, you know, guys that we thought might be in the minors this season, at least offensively. So if the Oilers go get a forward, are they going to look for somebody to round out the top six? And then the caveat is there is, is can they actually afford that? Or do you ride with Brown for a while and then maybe you look for a Bugstad type who they brought in last year at the deadline? To me, those are the three or four players that if the Oilers could find them, they make them a, a more legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Um, you know, security in net, security on the back end, and maybe some beef and or secondary scoring up front. For now, things are moved around, right? Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Hyman have been an exceptional line, and the second line, at least very recently, has become Drysaddle, McLeod, and Fogel. Is that sustainable as a second line for the rest of the season? And then, if you know, if Evander Kane's on your third line, how happy is he embracing that role, perhaps, and that amount of ice time? I, w- I would assume at some point Kane is going to move back up. I'm no longer sure about Count Connor Brown, unfortunately. I, I just I don't know if it's ever going to click for him, given what we've seen this season. Ottawa, by the way, has uh, finished off the Maple Leafs with a 4-2 victory tonight. Leafs were up 2-0. Ottawa got a shorthanded goal to uh, get back in it, and now they've recorded the uh, 4-2 win. 780-496-0063. Do you want to get to anything else, Derek? Oh, there's one more text that I thought was pretty good. It was just on the heels of when you were finishing up with Brendan on Oilers Now and you were talking about the lettuce. Uh, somebody replied, Romainder, you guys crack me up. Ha, ha, ha. Well, I'm glad one person moderately <laughs> enjoys my sense of humor. Two, Weed. Two. Oh, thanks, Derek. You're welcome. That's uh, that's very <laughs> that's very kind of you. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Kelly Rudy coming up. He's our weekly guest, provided by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to SentinelStorage.ca. Back after the break. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. I believe I have to correct myself. I think I made a mistake. There's too many Hugheses in the NHL. It was Luke Hughes who scored the goal for New Jersey tonight. I think I might have said Jack. It's 50-50. They are on the same team. And now the Devils have won in overtime, 4-3 against the Blue Jackets. It was Luke who scored on the uh, end-to-end rush and then with a wrist shot. Uh, Jack is also on the team and is also very good. And then Timo Meyer has scored in overtime, so the Devils win that one 4-3. Seattle has an early 1-0 lead on Calgary. The game is not quite five minutes old. A gentleman by the name of Kyler Yamamoto has the goal for Seattle. Remember him? And Connor Bedard has scored for Chicago. They have a 1-0 lead on the Jets after the first period. Bedard up to 14 goals on... uh, 
the season. Uh, quickly, Derek, there's a murder mystery show of sorts that you've been enjoying? Yeah, Murderville. I'm not sure if you've heard of this show. Essentially, it's Will Arnett, and it's a completely unscripted show, so he's got a guest that comes on with him for every episode, and they have to solve some kind of crime, but the guest has no idea what they're walking into. Right. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I quite enjoy it. I, I watched a couple episodes. I enjoyed it, but I, I didn't feel like I needed to keep watching it, but it's it's a fun premise. I agree. Some... Once you've seen one, you've seen most. They actually had a Christmas episode, too, which was pretty cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Oilers tomorrow, 7 o'clock face-off show game at 8.30. Oilers at Sharks. My next guest at one point in his career played for the Sharks. He's now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. He is presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian. Store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. It's Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reed, yourself? Uh, I'm doing very well. I certainly ate a lot. And uh, you have you have the reputation of enjoying a fine meal or two over the holidays. <laughs> yes, I do, my friend. Uh, we had a, a wonderful uh, three day break. Uh, man, did it go by quickly? I don't know about for you, but for us, I just felt like last night going to bed. I was like, seriously, like I'm working again tomorrow. It just didn't seem as though uh, it was a three day break. Having said that, I didn't get home. I got home at just after four in the morning uh, on the 23rd uh, after working Saturday's game, uh, Calgary in, in Los Angeles. So, you know, as you know, when you get home that late and I finally got to bed around five, uh, the half first half of the day was, I was kind of like a zombie. So not really there. So that's wasted as well, but all good. All right. Well, that's good to hear. And yeah, you're back at kind of weird for the Oilers because they didn't play the 23rd the final yeah. day before the break. And now they're not playing on the 27th. No, though, though they are, uh, yes. they did that did have a practice today <laughs> in San Jose. Yeah. Hey, you, you know, it, it's a pretty good run for the Oilers. Uh, 10 out of their last 13, they've won, even though they lost those three in a row. And yeah. the last two games, both games, they've exploded for four goals, basically in the first half of the third periods. Um, is there a value in a team doing that going forward in, in, in knowing that they can do that? Or, or how do you look at it when a team's able 100%. To? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, definitely. And, and it tells me two things that they, they believe in uh, themselves. They believe in each other, uh, but more importantly, read that they're not going to quit that they get to a, a tough situation late in the game and it's going to be, oh, woe is me. And, oh, it's, oh, well, we'll shrug this one off and we'll be better the next night. When you have great uh, surges in the third period, that proves to me just the, the resolve of the group. And that's a great thing to have. I've been in that situation where you, you really feel uh, that you're, if you just stick around, something good is going to happen. Somebody's going to be uh, the hero in that dressing room. And, and so if you always believe in that, and, and by the way, it's one thing to believe in it, but if you're not rewarded, then it's hard to keep that faith. But if you get rewarded for all your efforts and you have big third periods, that's huge. Well, and, and I, I, one thing I've always thought too, uh, and then watching other sports as well, when things are going your way in a game, how much damage can you do, right? You know, if yep. those teams that dominate for 10 or 12 minutes and don't score or only score a goal, yep. that's that's got to be discouraging. But I, I do think, Kelly, the, the good teams sort of smell blood and know when it's time to bang the door right down. <laughs> <laughs> That's a well put uh, because that is it. Uh, 
you know uh, you're going to pounce at one point and you just have to wait for it. And then the other thing is uh, you have the guys that can finish. It's one thing, as you mentioned, to really badly outplay a team, but it's so deflating when you don't, you don't get any results. And so, uh, yeah, for the Oilers, they've got so many good things uh, uh, happening right now that I don't see, I don't see a slide around the corner. Now you're going to have little stretches where, you know, you, you fall into a little bit of a funk, but those aren't uh, as worrisome as, as uh, earlier in the year for them. There's a lot of talk about the Oilers goaltending. And and I think it's, it's justified (laughs) at least to some degree. And, you know, Skinner has been pretty busy. They still don't have really a hectic schedule through uh, January Uh and even some of February. So, But I'm just wondering how you look at how the goaltending situation has evolved or maybe it's kind of bounced back and forth from one philosophy to the other. Even in 16-17, when the Oilers broke their playoff drought, Cam Talbot played 73 games. You know, like he played so many games and... You know, I could remember 10, 15 years ago, like you might struggle to name a backup goalie on some of these teams with these stud goaltenders. It seems to me, though, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a shift back towards you almost need two competent guys. And maybe it's not going to be 50-50, but it's, it's getting a lot closer on a lot of teams. I would go that route, Reed. I, I'm a big believer in using both guys. Uh, and one thing, you know, it's one thing to be physically tired, but more so mentally. And I do think that today's game is more uh, taxing on the players than ever in the history of the game. Not only with the, the busy schedule, it seems like uh, at, at best, I know there's certain times like Christmas break and all that, but you usually only get one night off. Rarely do you have a, a stretch where there's uh, three or four nights off where you can sort of, you know, just regroup a little bit mentally. Uh, that's why I really believe in uh, having two and using two. I, I know some some organizations talk a lot about it, but they, they have a hard time doing it. And one organization I'm thinking about is uh, Winnipeg and Hellebuck. And I talked to Rick Bonus uh, the morning of the first game of this regular season and I asked him that very question. He goes, no, no. Hellebuck will not play as much uh, or as often as he has in the past. And yet, it, it's kind of shaping up that way again, isn't it right? So they have the best of intentions and yet when it comes to following through, then then it's harder to do that. But I, I still think I would do it. And in, in Winnipeg case, they have a good backup. So why not, right? I was just looking at your career. You appeared in, I don't have the starts broken down, but most uh, most of your games would have been starts. Obviously, you might have come in in relief a couple of times. Yeah. You played 64 games in 93-94, and you played 60 in 91-92. You got to 50 a couple other times. So obviously, you know, your first couple of years in New York, I think, you were younger. I think but- Reed. Reed, I think the year I got traded from New York to LA, I think I had close oh, my bad. to seventy. Sixty-six. Close to 70. I'm, yeah, I didn't okay, add yeah. that up. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're still tired from that if you're bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, you know, I'm going to contradict myself, Reed. Though, so those years I had a lot of games. Uh, I 
I never felt that when we lost out in the playoffs that it was because of my workload. Even that year, I had 66, and it was uh, sort of traumatic getting traded and all that. I was never of the mindset that, oh, boy, I'm just beaten up now. Um, so I think there's that where that obviously is a contradiction, but I still think that it, it's beneficial if you split. And by the way, Al Arbor, my first coach, and, you know, I've talked to, uh, about Al a million times, he was a huge believer in rotating. And if you ever look at the New York Islanders, if you ever feel like it, even when it was Billy Smith and Chico Rush, those numbers were pretty similar. Well, and you want, you want the backup to feel like he's part of the team. Too right. You yeah. want to feel invested, yeah. and not just like okay, I yep. got to stay out an hour after every practice just to help the guys, and I serve no other purpose. Right. Right. Exactly. No, I, I'm with you. Yeah, everybody's got to participate, and then that's the the feeling of a team. Kelly Rudy joining us tonight at Inside Sports. I want to touch on another topic with you, and we we actually talked a little bit about uh, handshakes uh, in the playoffs last mm-hmm. year uh now newfoundland has uh, in minor hockey they're not doing handshakes anymore after games this was basically because there was a small number of teams that caused issues and i get that you don't want that um yeah. but they're saying no don't they, they do some glove taps at the beginning of the game no post-game handshake uh, newfoundland minor hockey what do you think of this well i'd like to understand the reasoning behind it because i think if you went deeper into it that there might be a reasonable conclusion to this i I know on the surface it probably doesn't look good and i'm sure a lot of people are upset i've heard some people comment on it that they don't like it but for a couple of reasons uh why i don't mind it uh because there are some bad apples out there that have taught the kids uh some inappropriate behavior like spitting in your hand before you shake a hand and and i've witnessed that at kids uh, sports so it's not as though it's completely made up i've i've witnessed it and i i for the life of me i can't understand who would teach a kid to do that uh and be that disrespectful um and secondly uh, and here's just the dad and me and coming through a pandemic, just the, the germs. And I, I, you know, freely admit I am a bit of a germaphobe. I go on planes a lot and I don't shake anybody's hand. I wash my hands all the time. So that's, that's more on me. But, uh, so to, for a couple of reasons, I'm not going to jump all over it till I really find out exactly why. That's interesting. I never thought of that. Uh, the the uh, the germ transfer angle. I don't think that's why they're doing it, but that is no. that is another way to look at it for sure. Well, okay. if you look, read at uh, NHL teams, and uh, you and I cover a lot of NHL teams. And what's the number one uh, storyline at some point in every team's uh, uh, dressing room? Yeah, flu the running th- through the, the flu. Team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it it happens right through the entire league. Like I was uh, somewhere recently and it was their turn. The Flames had it about two, three weeks ago. And uh, and now I was somewhere else in some city and they say, yeah, the flu is just killing us. And so, um, yeah, you have to be mindful of that. Yeah. Okay, Kelly, uh, have a good broadcast tonight. We'll do this again next week, of course. And Happy New Year. Okay. thanks, Reed. Take care.